Welcome to Mentioned in Dispatches, the podcast from the Western Front Association. I'm Dr Tom Thorpe. The WFA is the UK's largest Great War History Society. We are dedicated to furthering understanding of the First World War and have over 60 branches worldwide. For more information, visit our website at westernfrontassociation.com. It is the 19th of February 2018 and this is episode number 51. In this podcast, I interview PhD candidate Stephen Roberts on his study into the Wirral during the Great War. Stephen was one of six research students who were recipients of the WFA's PhD scholarship grant, which is designed to further academic research and understanding into the Great War. I spoke to Stephen from his home in Lancashire over the information superhighway. Stephen, welcome to the podcast. I wonder whether you could start by telling us how you became interested in the Great War and ended up doing a PhD on the subject. Well, I, I am a history graduate. I went to university, York University, and then became a history teacher. But during my time at university and as a school student, I, n- I never learned about the First World War. It was when I started to teach it in 1990. I was working in South End-on-Sea. I started to teach the subject to uh, Year 10 students for GCSE. And we used to take the students every year to the National Army Museum. And Andrew Robertshaw was the education officer in those days, and very interesting man. And he said something about uh, Robert Graves, which I found surprising. He said that um, Graves had made up quite a lot of his stuff in his book and uh, that provoked me to start uh, reading more widely and researching it more in depth and I began to realise that uh, it's a subject around which there are many myths and misconceptions and I found that fascinating. Tell us, what is your PhD subject and what does it encompass? It's about the area in where I was born and grew up, which is the Wirral Peninsula, just south of Liverpool. And the subject, the inquiry question is, how did the Great War affect the people of Wirral? Or perhaps a better way of putting it is, what's their relationship with the Great War? I had done a lot of work on the history of Wirral. I'd written a general overall history in 2002. And... The two motivations for doing this research, one is to study Wirral during a, a shorter time period in which I could use primary sources and really get to the bottom of things. And the reason why I chose the Great War period is because of my fascination with the Great War. So the two topics came together. So why do you think this subject's important? Well, uh, one of the reasons why it's important is the what I was talking about before, the way in which there are so many misconceptions about the Great War and the way that people thought about it and reacted to it in those days. So, for example, there's a kind of popular idea that um, people didn't know much about what was happening on the fighting fronts. And if they did, they would have rebelled and, and demanded peace. Well, my research implies that it's quite the opposite. They knew a lot about what was going on on the Western Front. There are other more general reasons for wanting to do it, in that it's never been researched before. We we don't know um, who did what, where, when, why, and how it affected them. And it, the historians 
curiosity. We just want to find that out. And it's also, also to do justice to our ancestors, I feel, that we, we need to find out, as far as we can, exactly how they reacted and how they felt and what they went through, especially during that terrible time. So what have you found out to date? Well, I found out a lot of things, but one of the things that I found a bit disappointing is that um, it's still so hard, even in such recent times, only 100 years ago, still so hard to find the voice of the working class, of lower class people, of everyday people. Even with the the, uh, the increase in, in bureaucracy and, and sources that there was at around about that time, there's still the working class are neglected. You have to do a tremendous amount of searching. And one of the things that I've realised that I need to do is to go through as many service records as I possibly can, which is an arduous business, but it's a bit like um, sifting for gold, panning for gold. You find amongst all the dross, you find the occasional nugget, which gives you an insight into the the lives of working people. I have found in overall generally that people supported the war, that uh, when it started they, there, were, there was no um, celebration about a war starting, which is contrary to many people's vision of what happened in 1914, but they were prepared to make the, the sacrifices and the effort to support their country, whatever it took. And, and it seems to me, remarkably, that, that that mindset never never went, never changed, despite the appalling sufferings and losses of the the middle and later part of the, the war. The, the attitude seemed to be, as far as I can tell, the same. And then victory in 1918, people were pleased that they had achieved that. Uh, there was, of course, grief, but there was celebration as well. Uh, and I, I don't think that the public generally these days realise that. No, I mean, it's, I mean, it's very interesting. So what, what exactly was the war like in 1914 and how did the war impact on it? Because um, I've got sort of visions of the world, but I, you know, obviously 100 years ago, was it predominantly rural or was it still very urban as it is today? Uh, yes, that's a good question. Well, that's partly why I think it's a good inquiry. It's because it was urban, suburban and rural. It had representatives of all the main economic, social and geographical groups in Britain as a whole, apart from remote rural dwellers, it's got it hasn't got the equivalent of uh, Northwest Scottish crofters, for example. But it's got um, it had representatives of of most of the professions and occupations of the people of Britain at the time. So I feel as though it's a microcosm and like a test tube in which we can analyse the effects on of the war on on the whole population of Britain. And were there specific units which were recruited in the Wirral? Uh, I don't know whether the, it was the Cheshire Regiment or it was the Liverpool uh, Regiment or any Welsh regiments. Yes, well, it, it, it was actually. It was all those that you've just said. The, the most famous Wirral unit was the 13th Battalion of the Cheshire Regiment, which was the, the idea of uh, Lord Leverhulme, as he was to become, w, Mr WH Lever, of the the soap works at uh, Port Sunlight, and the the MP for Wirral, Conservative MP Gershom Stewart. 
Um, I suppose in that sense it's typical uh, PALS battalion in that it was created by, not initially by the war office, but by by a civilian body, as it were, and then handed over to the to the war office. So that was known as the Wirral Battalion or the Wirral Pals. Then you had the uh, 4th Battalion Cheshire Regiment, which was the, the pre-war territorial regiment, mainly full of working-class young men. Then there were the Liverpool Scottish, which most of its members came from Liverpool, but a fair proportion came from the Wirral, and they, they tended to be more middle-class. And then there were the Liverpool Pals, um, four battalions of the uh, Liverpool Pals, which recruited a lot of, again, middle class, typically clerks, who probably worked, most of them worked in Liverpool, but resided in Wirral. And that's a, another aspect of my work, is that I don't like to call myself exclusively a military historian or exclusively a social historian. And I, I think it's important to combine the two. And did have you found in your research whether there was any sort of local patriotism? I mean, certainly Helen McCartney found in her study that a lot of people identified with the Liverpool and Northwest area as to, as as a, an additional level of of affinity, um, as well as with the empire and, and and the country as a whole. I don't know whether that's replicated on the Wirral at all. Absolutely, it really is. It's very striking when war was declared. The Many dignitaries stood up and made speeches about it, mainly to try and uh, boost recruitment. And one of them said, I was reading his words yesterday, in fact, he said that these recent casualties, probably in the um, the opening weeks of the First World War in France and Belgium, these casualties could well have happened on Bitston Hill. Uh, and Bitston Hill is this is well-known hill on the edge of Birkenhead. So he was saying that uh, he's very clearly making the statement that the war is over there in France, but it's it's about here as well. We need to fight for our district. And there's a, a lot of that throughout the sources that, I, that I've analysed. There's a, there's a feeling that part of the Western Front and Gallipoli, when that was happening, because the fourth chessers were there, this is like an extension of our home area. It's where our boys are, and it's here as well. And one of the most remarkable things I found in the local newspapers were pictures of personal photographs that have been found on the battlefield, picked up by soldiers, and then sent back to the newspaper office with the request that they try to find the owners. And that struck me as remarkable that somehow... They knew that the soldiers were from the local area. These photographs were from Birkenhead, and the the owners could be traced. And there are examples of the owners, the families, actually claiming the photographs. That's one of the things that really struck me. What, what do you hope to do with your PhD when you're finished? Well, I am a mature gentleman who has just taken early retirement from school teaching. I'll be 60 in... Uh, April, so perhaps it looks as though I've, my career is over, but I'd actually like to have a second career as an academic if possible, but certainly a writer and continue to be a researcher and continue to be on the, well, to be on, to get on, the cutting edge of Great War research. Stephen, thank you very much for your time. Well, thank you. It's been a pleasure. You have been listening to the Mentioned in Dispatches podcast from the Western Front Association with me, Tom Thorpe. 
Thank you for all my guests for appearing on this edition. The theme music for this podcast was George Butterworth's The Banks of Green Willow. It was performed by the BBC National Orchestra of Wales, conducted by Chris Rusman and produced by Biz Records. This recording is part of a collection of orchestral works by Butterworth, performed by the BBC National Orchestra of Wales and supported by the Western Front Association. This is available from all good record stores under the record code BIS2195. Until next time.